1: and listen to the Injured List podcast of the Blue Wire podcast community and proud member of the Blue Wire Hustle program, hosted by me, Brian Scott. I'm a licensed full-time physician assistant in orthopedic surgery and sports medicine. I break down the latest in injury news regarding your favorite professional athletes each week throughout the year. I have all your major sports covered from the NFL, MLB, NHL, MLS, and MMA. There is not a sport or an injury that I will not cover. Get the most up-to-date info in easy-to-understand non-medical language so you can make the better decisions when placing your bets or setting your fantasy lineups each week. Check out my website at TheInjuredList.com where you can message me ideas for topics or questions and listen to previous episodes where I interview former athletes and healthcare professionals to talk about their experiences with sports injuries.
2: Welcome everyone to the Take It Home Podcast. I'm your host, John LaRocca, and I apologize for this podcast being out so late. Um, it was a great weekend, a full, fun weekend, um, celebrating my youngest daughter, Kaylee's second birthday, and I just, I was trying to find time to get to the show, and I just couldn't squeeze it in, it just had some family in town, and late nights family hanging out talking for a while, catching up um, it was a good party. my wife did a great job um, as always on on our, on our kids birthdays going all out and our daughter Kaylee though she's two and she probably just thinks this is just everyday life <laughs> she had a great time especially you know you know seeing a, her aunts from you know my sisters who live out of town so they came to town so it was a it was a, a lot of fun and memorable and just a great time so i apologize for this being out late and you know and thanks again too for the feedback i got on last week's show the take it on podcast when i covered joy janela versus nick wayne from defy back on uh they released the match on November 25th on YouTube, so I, a lot of hype around it. A lot of people were buzzing about this match, so I just, you know, said, "Hey, this is a perfect match for me to review on the Take It Home podcast." And you know, usually in the past on the Fight Game Media podcast with Gary Gonzalez on the Wrestling Observer website, you know, when we cover our likes and dislikes of AEW Dynamite and NXT when it comes to AEW Dynamite. You know, in the past, I haven't been really complimentary of Joey Janela. Um, I just haven't seen anything good from him on AEW. Just, I, I just saw a guy that just was not ready for national television. So, when I hear about the match with Dick Wayne and, and people are just raving about it, and and like I said, getting a lot of buzz, um, you know, I really want to check it out because I'm really excited to see Nick Wayne. I've seen clips and extended clips of Nick Wayne. I don't think I even before this match even watched a bell to bell from Nick Wayne, but he's a 16 year old kid. He's a son of the late Buddy Wayne, a person I respect and watch. And one of my favorites to watch up in the Portland area, especially as I mentioned on the podcast last week, I used to watch championship wrestling USA and, and they had um, Buddy Wayne was a tag team partner with current beers. This was like 1997, and you know it, they were just an awesome tag team. Uh, Buddy Wayne was a super worker in that team. The beers older, obviously, but you know he definitely knew how to pick his spots. Um, so always had just you know, and Buddy Wayne has always been one of those guys, enhancement guys that would show up on WWF television or uh, WWE television in the '90s and always put on a good match. Um, so always liked him and. See you know seeing that his son is wrestling now and getting a lot of buzz and that's great and I think he's gonna be a future star so I watched that match i reviewed that match and again i was it was pretty cool getting all the feedback from everyone but one feedback I got was pretty negative and and when that 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 show was posted online um out on the feeds, the podcasts, where they're available, and all the podcasts, you know, uh, media where you can get the the fight game media podcast, the take it home podcast. Quickly, I just noticed I had a a DM on my uh, in, on Twitter, and I checked my DMs, I didn't see anything there, I'm like, that's weird. But then I saw I had a a message request, so that's usually from someone you don't follow. Nine times out of ten, it's probably some. BS account that's trying to fish you for some information or something. I usually just go straight to delete, but I clicked on it and lo and behold, it's from a person I don't follow. It was from the bad boy, Joey Janelle himself. And he wrote to me about my review of his match versus Nick Wayne from Defy. And he said, you know, nothing about wrestling. Keep my name out of your mouth. People hit me up to tell me you did an hour podcast shitting on me. You're an absolute nobody. Now, George Janelle didn't listen to the podcast. If he did, he realized it was only 27 minutes I talked about that match. And most of that match, I talked, I talked and praised young Nick Wayne. Now, the match, after I watched it, as I said on the podcast last week, it was a very, it was a typical modern day indie match that you see on every show across this country. You know, the the big spots, the big moves that mean nothing ultimately. Um, you're going to get a dueling super kick. One guy's a super kick. He sells and he comes back. He's a super kick. You're probably going to get a Poison Rana and they did that in that match, and by the way, Joey Janelle didn't sell it, so it meant like it meant nothing. Um, you're gonna get uh, V triggers, you know, it just dive outs. Just typical stuff. Like we you could see it any on any show. It's just people are just parroting what they see, you know, popular now. Like with you know, with Kenny Omega, he popularized a lot of that stuff, the young bucks. Like it's just a repeat of them. So and and that's what it was, you know. We got exactly what I expected before watching that match. I you know I kept an open mind because I always do, no matter if it's someone I don't think highly of in the wrestling as a, as a as a worker. I you know I still want to be surprised. I still root for them to have a great performance. I can be like, oh shoot, you know. Before I didn't think this guy was good, but now after a solid performance, he's definitely made improvements. Like I wanna, I, I like I want to see improvement because it's only good for the wrestling business, but. From this match, I what I saw was, you know, what I expected from Joe Chinella. A lot of big moves, a lot of big bumps, a lot of chances, and that's what we got. What my main issue with the match, not just being the typical indie modern day wrestling match that I knew, you know, that ended up being, the crowd was so molten hot for Nick Wayne. They are just it was insane. Like the the Defy crowd really made this match special because they just love Nick. And he's just a great babyface, an easy babyface to get behind. 16 year old, second generation wrestler. You know, you want to root for this kid to be successful and you want to see him win. You want to see him keep climbing that ladder. And Janela comes out, like I said, just he puts together this basic you know, standard modern-day indie match where if he knew how to heal, he would get such great heat. He got built to a big comeback from Nick Wayne, and when he decided to put Nick Wayne over, you know, it would have been a bigger pop than it was. Like, it was a good pop because the people wanted to see Nick Wayne, Wayne, and he did in this match, but it wasn't built to. It came out of nowhere. He didn't understand. Joey did to understand, okay, how to lead to get to where this is going to be an amazing victory for Nick Wayne. Joey Chenelle is just not that good of a worker. I'm sorry. I'm just being honest. I was just being constructive criticism. Unfortunately, Joey Chenelle is was too sensitive. He's just too sensitive a guy. And this is what I've heard before. You know, I'm not. You know, I'm not gonna sit here and talk about my credentials in the wrestling business, who I've worked with, who I've dealt with, who I've helped, you know, they know who they are and they're bigger stars than Joey Janelle. So I'm not sitting there, I'm not going to just toot my horn and talk about all these people. Or I, I, That's not me. I've never been that guy. I've been, you know, I've always been just, you know, I don't even want to take credit for no one. That's usually me. But, you know, so I understand. Joey Janela is upset. He's sensitive. Like I said, I've heard many people before about Joey Janela being so sensitive. I mean, gosh, like in, and I think in, uh, in May from a friend of his was telling me that, you know, I think it was like he was like already crying, like wanted to be back on the Indies because he couldn't cut it on AEWs, having, you know, he was, wasn't there. So it's just, you know, I, I, I as I said in the podcast, I think Joe Janell's a great promoter. I think he's a tremendous promoter. Look at what he's done with Game Changer and what he's done for other independent wrestlers and really helped them get their name out there. You know, that's that's great stuff. And, you know, I I'm just I just judge him on his wrestling. And and on his wrestling, he's just not a good worker. I mean, just like in this match alone, if you watch, he had he had no he didn't understand how to change gears it was all one one gear the whole match his his heat sucks it's just very weak and slow you know really quote unquote just fake looking honestly the obvious leg slaps on everything it's just total indie um uh his selling horrible like he just you know he doesn't understand how to Worked into position. He like at you know many points during the match. You know at one point they, the the camera is like focusing on Janela and he's like looking up like oh where's he where's Nick Wayne at where's he come from okay I'll sell again you know oh there he is like just really really bad stuff you know and I and this is stuff I've seen not just this match but previous matches so nothing's changed with him right as a worker unfortunately and but you know that I'm I'm. He's, I'm, 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 unfortunately, he's upset about my review, and that's fine. You know, we, it's fine. You know, like some people can't take it, but I, you know, when I came through wrestling and when I was going through all pro wrestling with Roland Alexander and when I was performing as a manager with our team, with my team that I manage, with the guys I manage, if we had a bad match or, you know, we got told, you know, and we wouldn't, we, we we're down because we wanted to perform our best or our ability, and and you know we want everyone to be like, yay, great, great match. But sometimes it's just not going to happen, and we would take that criticism from Roland or from the veteran guys in the locker room, and we would try to apply it next match. That's all I was doing here, just giving constructive criticism, and it's unfortunate because I know Joe Janella has a lot of these, you know. A lot of the lower rung people that just, you know, look up to him and just tell him like, oh, he's so great. And, you know, I know he thinks he's so great, but he's not. He's not that great in the ring. If he was so great, he'd be on AEW Dynamite today on every episode. There's a reason why, and I had to look this up because I'm like trying to remember, like when the hell's the last time we saw Joy Janela on AEW Dynamite? I'm talking about the main show. I know he's been on Dark and Elevation and all that, but no one cares about the YouTube stuff, right? That's only for the, the hardcore of the hardcores that are going to watch that shit. You know, Dynamite, you need to be on Dynamite you need to be on Rampage. And I looked it up, and the last match that he had on Dynamite was on May 28th versus Hangman Page. And if you remember that match, that match is when Hangman got busted open by Janela. I forget what happened. all of a sudden, you know, Paige started just leaking blood. And it was just a crazy, crazy moment on just on television. And then Hangman Paige finished him off with that buckshot Larry that he just threw right into Janela's face and knocked him loopy. And from my experience experience, seeing what he did there that was a receipt he was pretty upset and there's no reason for him not to hit that clothesline in a safe place but he was pissed and he was letting Joe Janela know and so I'm getting I'm guessing from that and from other matches that Joe Janela has he hasn't seen him on tv since so I'm guessing he was pretty much in the doghouse here and I've heard you know things and I've heard that you know with all these new signings by AEW of superstars like Daniel uh, Brian Danielson, excuse me, CM Punk, Adam Cole. Then you got great workers like Jay Lethal coming in. You're probably going to get the Briscoes soon. You know, you you got all these great free agents that WWE released and that AEW is probably going to be bringing in sooner than later. The, the, the word in the locker room is a lot of the, as I quoted from my AW, someone from AEW, to me, was a lot of shitty wrestlers in that locker room are scared. So, I, and yeah, considering that I don't think Joe Jones is the best worker in the world, I would think he probably would be on that list. So, I, you know, it's just, it is what it is. And I'm, a, I apologize. You know, I, 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 I uh, I feel bad that his feelings were hurt. (laughs) I I, I really don't care, Joey. Joey, don't be so damn sensitive, okay? But listen, (laughs) I am going to give you another chance here. I'm like, you know, I'll be fair. I'll review another Joey Janela match. So I decided to look on YouTube, what's available, what's recent, what's out there. And I saw a match between Joey Janela and one of the all-time legends, Minoru suzuki and i said oh wow this should i'm gonna watch this this will be a very interesting match to watch this is a big match with joey janela to work with Minoru suzuki i i want to see how he's gonna perform with him and how suzuki's gonna work with him hi y'all double g here my co-host john LaRocca and i have been re-watching episodes of 1997 raw the turning point year for the wwf and reviewing those episodes on fight game media network plus in 2022 we'll do the same thing with 1998 raw so if you miss some of the golden years of the wwf come hang out with us every week we'll break down the shows and the pay-per-views as well and give you context and insight through our research that will take you right back to that time frame it's wild watching these shows back with current eyes subscribe at patreon.com front slash fight game media now and what i after watching the match what i saw was exactly what i expected from anora Suzuki. he's going to do his safe u.s match now this is what happens a lot of japanese wrestlers come in they do their greatest hits right we saw that with uh Satoshi Ishii and Vinnie from West Coast Pro, and we saw this here. I mean, Mizor- Minoru Suzuki going to do his facial expressions. He's going to do his forearms back and forth. He's going to no sell some shit. He's going to work to one last spot and hit the hit the uh, Gosh power Driver and and go for the pin. And that's what we got here. But yo, know, this match total time was twenty minutes twenty five seconds. And it was just Minoru Suzuki kicking the shit out of um, Joy Janela, obviously, in a working way. Noel sold the, everything. Didn't really give Joy Janela much. When he did give Joy Janela something, he got right back to his feet and Noel sold it quickly. Like, he really treated Janela like he should have. Like, he's not going to sell big for a guy like Janela, you know. Now, he worked you know, twenty minutes with him because he's getting paid a lot of money, and you know, he's gonna do it, and you know, just power through it. But he's not gonna sell for this guy. I mean, it's not like the nineties when Japanese guys wouldn't sell for guys, you know, because they're worried about the magazines getting the shots of the cameras and all that stuff. This was just like, there's just no way. Like he can't. Like I'm gonna do this because you're paying me a lot of money, but listen, I'm just gonna go and. And no sell. This is not Zorozuki wrestling. Brian Danson on like AEW Dynamite. AEW Dynamite. He's gonna sell. Though it was a very similar match. It's just he gave more to Brian Danson because Brian Danson he knows a star. George Yellen, he doesn't know a star. He just sees this. He he probably is like this guy. You know. So, um, the match was what I expected. Opening match. The chop battle. Right. The, you give me one. I you I'll take one. And it's a funny moment when Joey Janela hits a a chop and really poorly done, makes no noise, and the crowd, of course, is not gonna boo Joey. They, they booed a little bit, like they're playing along, right? Because Joey's trying to be a heel, and he he thinks being a heel is like flipping off Minoru Suzuki, and so he, you know, Joey's chop, he like he did this chop that made no noise, and, and at first I thought, man, was he trying to make a a bad worked chop? So. The fans could boo and get all like, and they laughed. And then I thought, okay, the Menor is gonna go lay him in with a big old one, right? It's gonna big old, the big old whopper chop right back. But Joey's like, hold on, no, 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 and he does another one and it makes sound. So obviously his plan was to make sound with this previous chop, but it just, it, it was just, it was just funny. And Menor Zuka still gave the big chop, overhand chop. Um, Janela powers to the floor. He wants to go brawl. To the floor. Uh, is looking at him like, okay. So he goes on the opposite side of the ring and they do the spot where they meet, like, you know, Braveheart on the in the middle of the other side of the ring and they start going at it, which I thought was pretty cool. I like that. It was fun. Um, Suzuki took some punches, but no sold it. Then they kept brawling around the ring. I, I guess in Gainshee's Wrestling, I, I don't really watch any of their shows. Um, I'm I'm guessing that there's no count outs in this promotion. I mean, the the ring announcer did have jeans and a razor Ramon t-shirt on. So it was pretty like, I don't expect much when it comes to rules and the referee shit, you could have had a coat hanger in that ring. Right. Because like he just sit in the corner, you know, it's just like, dude, he just sit there and hugged the corner and laughed. Like he was just, he barely had to do anything. Uh, if he did, it was, he was, it was a, it was a miracle that I didn't know he even bent down. You know, I just thought he just stood there. Like, is he okay? You know, um, again, brawl on the ring, forearm exchanges, more Suzuki, no selling, um, Janela. They brought to a, a, merchandise table, gimmick table. They get on there. Uh, Suzuki going for a pile driver on there. And I thought, okay, the big backdrop. I'm like, Suzuki really going to take this bump? Nah, he didn't, of course. They get back in the ring. Uh, before that, Suki actually, I think, locks on the submission on the outside. And this is going on for minutes and minutes. Like I said, no count outs. Just... And the fans are like, they're into it because, like, Suzuki's close to him. Like, it's a small building anyways. And, you know, it's a very intimate setting. So they're, but they're still getting the kick out. Like, Suki's, like, right in front of him, you know, doing his thing. Goes back in the ring. Guess what? Another restart. I think there was like f- three restarts in this match, of course. Like just momentum killers. And back in the ring, just, you know, form exchange, back and forth. Just stupid shit. Um, but at the 12-minute mark, Suzuki finally takes his first bump. Big uh, A clothesline line from Jojanella. And Suzuki quick kicks his feet and gives him a big boot. So, like, just didn't mean anything. But again, I mean, what he's going to do, right? He's just, he's just, he's just, in reality, this was, if, if this was a, a different time, he probably would beat Janela in six minutes. But, you know, it's a, he's He's a promoter and he's going to carry this guy and because he's paying him a lot of money, right? But he's not going to just look like a fool out there with, with a guy like Joe Janela. He's going to. He's not gonna sell shit. So, but back, like I said, Suzuki quickly back on top. Uh, Janelle gets a figure four on Suzuki. Does like some, you know, Janelle does a dragon leg, dragon screw leg whip, um, locks on a figure four. Suzuki starts selling it, but it's he's all of a sudden he quickly realized he just it's not painful. This this doesn't hurt me. He's laughing. Doesn't who's doing that big evil laugh? And he just. You know, just no sounds of figure four. It was hilarious. Uh the, This was interesting about this match is that you know the crowd game Changer wrestling obviously they love George Nella right. He's their one of their biggest stars there, obviously. But there, this match is like they don't want to boo it, but you know they 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 can't get into it. Like they're just sitting on their hands and they, and they're doing some chants like fight forever. But it's almost like a mocking fight forever chant like like. Because Suzuki's giving Joey nothing, and the crowd can't get into it at all, right? It's not a match, really. It's just a one-sided beatdown that's going for damn near 20 minutes, right? Uh, Joey finally gets uh, the Death Valley driver for one count. (laughs) Suzuki gets up and laughs. Oh, this is great. And then, you know, again... I think forum exchange again or something. Then they and then Suzuki goes into a sequence. You know it, You know the sequence to talk about. Goes for the goes for the gosh Pile driver. Gets re, you know, goes for the choke rearring choke, goes for the gotch pile driver, gets reversed. Janela gets one little thing. I think it's when he got the Death Eye driver. But then Suzuki quickly went back to his finishing sequence of the choke into the gosh the the Gotch Pile driver. One, two, three. And that was it. You know, like I said, it wasn't a it I, I cannot call it a great match. I can't call it a good match. It was a one-sided beatdown, right? Um, The longest get-over match I've ever seen in my life, or squash match, whatever you want to call it. Uh, But that's what's going to happen. I mean, what do you expect when you book this? Like, this is who you're wrestling. (laughs) You know, this is who you're wrestling, Minoru Suzuki, this guy. And he's like... But, you know, he finds out he's the promoter, and he's like, okay, or one, one of the promoters, and all right. So hilarious. But, you know, I, I decided to watch another match. And yeah, I thought, okay, that's unfair because, because you know, like I said, Minoru is going to treat Janello like he should be treated, right? So there's another match with Lee Moriarty. I watched on dark. I say, okay. Let's watch this one. Let's see how he carries this young kid. Again, very indie. Uh, same stuff I saw with in a shorter match with uh, Nick Wayne. Just the same stuff. Dive outs, no sold that meant nothing. Uh, poor feeding, poor selling, poor all one, all one gear, no gear changing, just typical stuff so in the end i just you know i'm still not convinced about janelle's work in the ring again i respect his promoting don't respect his wrestling um i you know i don't see what the hype is so i i don't get it but i i will continue to watch when i when i have a chance to if i hear he has a great match i'll I'll check it out again i'll I'll keep open-minded i will i definitely will because you know and i hope if i do review those matches I hope, you know, Joey Janela gets, gets a little tougher and, you know, is not so sensitive and can take constructive criticism. So, all the best to Joey Janela. Um So, on this show as well, I'm going to talk about two other promotions or one, you know, one from the WWE, which is NXT UK, because they had a big match. Ilya Dragunov for defending his NXT UK championship match. Championship against Rampage Brown, and I'm also going to talk about MLW. They had the finals of their Opera Cup, and that was uh, TJP versus Dave Richards. And you know, TJP and Dave Richards they had a they had a good match. It was a, it was a good match. Um, last week I covered MLW as well, and TJP defeated uh, Calvin Tankman, and that was just a really bad match where all the heat was put on the referee and and it wasn't designed to but in the end like that's who got all the heat and the match was a big flop but this match was definitely a, a, a lot more improvement than um last week's match and i was thinking about the opera cup um david richards wins by the way and i was thinking about the opera cup and i know they like book it to where it's filling out their TVs, right? They tape a lot of TV matches, you know, in a row, probably in a four weeks, I'm guessing maybe, maybe five. I'm not sure the whole, I haven't seen a whole rundown of the results of a, of a taping, but I assume it's at uh, the minimum four weeks. So, and they, and they tape, they put, you know, the rounds of this matchup, of this tournament in those taping, to kind of spread them out. Right. But the upper cup, it's an old tournament, very old tournament. So old that a lot of modern fans don't know, even a lot of historians, you know, don't even know about. Right? It wasn't a a, a tournament that ran for a, throughout history through, like you know, Stampede. It was Stu Hart and Walter Subisco, as they talked about on this on this MLW show. They did a great little history piece about the Opera Cup. But I don't even remember like Stampede doing it. I don't remember Stamp. You know, I, I you would hear, this was such a big deal, you would hear about it, you know, through history. But I think it was a, a, a tournament from the Forgotten History that, you know, Dave Boy with MOW revised, which I thought was cool. Very cool. It's a beautiful trophy. Um, and I thought it was a good idea. And I like tournaments. I'm a big tournament fan guy. You know, I always enjoyed them. Always as a kid growing up and wrestling to now especially if they're really well done and I know they want to like use the matches within the tournament to fill out TVs and that's great but i I think when you have a tournament match and then you have the goofiness with Lucha underground stuff and other things like it takes the focus of away from the opera cup like in my opinion I think the opera Cup tournament should be a three-hour special event if it's on vice tv or a fight tv pay-per-view like promote a special event like the 1993 king of the ring because as we saw with 1993 king of the ring if it's done right it could be a legendary tournament right or with a super j cup in in uh, 94 right it could tournaments can be legend if you promote it right if you have the right workers um I think in a three-hour pay-per-view, you can really get this tournament over and give it some time and promote it. And I think people would be talk about it more. I, you know, this tournament happened and it was forgotten because MLW throws so much on you, like a TV, like at the TV, like it's you have wrestling, but you have this goofiness with Lucha Underground and other things, hardcore matches. It's just you know bad women's matches, you know, on their show. And like it just haven't. It just doesn't – you can't remember what these tournament matches. Now, granted, they did a great job of highlighting on this show leading up to how TJP and Davey Richards got into the finals. I thought that was really cool. But, man, I was thinking this would be so – this is what I would do. I would just, like I said, make a three-hour special, either a special like Clash Champions-ish on like a Vice TV or even be in sports. And then put it on YouTube like maybe a week later or just something like – that or like I said a Fight TV pay-per-view or, or you know make it a special event don't charge a grip for it you know like a, a nice 20 bucks is is a cool deal in this day and age right considering all the other shows I mean I don't watch the NWA on a regular I don't watch a television show but you know when their pay-per-views come around on Fight TV for the price I get a curiosity and I check it out um, this last one hard Times, I I actually didn't Get a chance to check it out because I was so busy this weekend for my daughter's birthday. But in the past, if I had nothing going on and want to watch some wrestling, and I saw an indie pay per view was on, I I I'd order it. Twenty bucks, no big deal. Not a big, not a big uh, expense. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so that's what I would do. I I think that would kind of highlight the tournament, and you can kind of separate it from all the other shenanigans you got going on in this promotion. And you can focus on and celebrate the, the wrestling, and you make it eight good workers. Now, if you need matches to fill your TV, and you want to use this tournament, how about eight qualifying matches to make it into this tournament? I think that would be best. I, you know, and and that way, but make them like quality, eight qualifying matches, right? <coughs> Don't have like obvious winners, you know. Don't make it Scott Steiner versus Ern R. Scheister. And as a kid, as much as I love Scott Steiner in you know, in, you know, I was a big Steiner Brothers fan. I knew Ern R. Scheister was winning that qualifying match. Right. So make it to where the qualifying matches like, you don't know who's going to go on the next round. And you might know a few, but there's a couple ones you're trying, you're guessing, right? <clears throat> so that's what I would do if you want to fill your TVs. And then, like I said, it all leads to, okay, these are the eight men who are going to go in on on the pay-per-view for the opera cup tournament um and then have the six matches of the tournaments so you have the first round you have this you have the uh uh semi-finals and then and then you can have a, a special tag match to break up from the semi-finals to the finals you can have a six man maybe with some of your top stars that are not in the tournament to kind of just feature, you know, I wouldn't do a singles world title match. Cause it's another singles match. I would just try to break it up with a tag. Um, it doesn't have to be for the tag team titles. It could be, like I said, maybe have a, a world title program that's been building up and you can kind of throw something out there where, you know, it's Hammerstone and someone else versus Jacob Fatu and someone else. You know, like that I'm just using him as an example, but like that's what I mean. And that a cool special traction match. And then you have the finals and give that finals a lot of time to tell a story. And they did here. They they had a they had a eighteen over almost nineteen minutes in this match. And TJP versus Dave Richards is a good match. I like Dave Richards. He's intense, he's physical. I always enjoyed his work. You know this is what I was talking about earlier with Cho Like his strikes look like shit. Like Dave Richard's strikes look great. Um TJP, you know, he's smooth in the ring with all his submissions. My my critique of him has always been like, you know, the same face, a lack of facial expression. He, he he just looks bored in there. And at times that we got that this as well. Like But you know, it was a good match. I think people should definitely check it out. So, um, like I said, I hope in the future to really get this opera cup open. I really hope that Court Bauer and his team can figure out a way to really feature this. You know, being on the TV is just not enough. I'm saying pay per view, special event, the idea. And last thing I want to talk about here was NXT UK um that big championship match I was really looking forward to this match um when it was announced i really like rampage brown i think he's just uh you know he's just a throwback you know tough guy you know he's he just uh, just reminds me of the you know the eighties tough guys right just big you know brawny guys that're just gonna smash you. Right, he has a great face. He's just like he looks like a villain in a, in a in a James Bond movie, right, or an action film. And his work is good. I really enjoy his work. I love his uh, his finisher, the Doctor Bomb, which is one of my favorite moves in re- wrestling ever. Um, he he. He lays it in. He's physical, like all the NXUK UK guys are. It's all that's one thing I love about NXUK UK is that not just their matches make sense and they have great workers, but like the workers work physical and and sometimes probably to their uh, you know a negative because a lot of guys get hurt, but they they go all out, man. It's a it's a tough it's a tough brand to be on, and I just hope this brand lasts forever. I'm always worried that one day you know Vince is gonna pull the plug on it, but I'm hoping that BTS Sports. Uh, TV contract keep you know keeps going and and there's a reason for NXT to keep keep going because it's good wrestling it's a good television show and of course love Ilya Dragunov just what a great worker so unique you know I just enjoy his his physicality his uh, selling just he's just I just get engaged like with mat I you can't turn you can't turn away you are sunk you are sunk in like you. It's not like, there's no look on my phone. It's, I have to focus on this match because is in it because he can't take your eyes off this guy. And I love his hard-hitting style. And I knew, I'm, I was like, oh man, this is going to be so great. And it was great until the finish. Um, unfortunately, there's a, a fortunate knockout. Um, legitimate. Elia uh, Dragunov connected with the uh, an Enziguri. And, you know, Rampage got his hands up, but that, that toe snuck snuck in there and got Rampage right on the chin, and he was out. Uh, It was, and you knew something was wrong right away. Like, he looked up at the referee when he took it and then went down. Referee, you know, communicated Rampage, checked on Rampage. Immediately he went to Elia to get to tell Elia, "Hey, keeps you know give Rampage some time." Elia quickly crumbled down to kind of sell the physicality of the match, and then referee went right back to Rampage checking on him, and he waved it off. And the only negative about this match beyond the unfortunate knockout is that Elia's reaction to the match, the match being called out and him winning by knockout, you can see the disappointment on either face and also the concern on his face. Obviously he's going to be concerned for his fellow worker, right? Like no one wants to see that happen, but at the same time, the cameras are rolling. There's a live audience there. You got to keep working even in these unfortunate situations. And you have to think like, Hey, it's a knockout. I won. So celebrate the victory. But he had that that, that look of, getting a concern and also of frustration like, oh, this match just fell apart. Um, so it just it t- takes you out of this realistic match that they're having to back, okay, this is, you know, sports entertainment, right? Um, and then what, what they were doing was, it was a really good match. They were really starting to build on this match and uh you know hard hitting to begin of course uh you know great wrestling great you know working the headlock rampage fighting out the headlock you know elia cranking it on like it really looks like he's really has a just super grip vice grip on rampage's head rampages you know pain is bald hitter bulging out and you know working making you believe you know it's the little things right nowadays i'm not talking about on the indies i'm talking about on, on national television you get guys just doing the side headlock because you have to and to get you know they do the chain wrestling to get to the big spots because like, we have to it's like no man make me believe with those small things it's you know head side headlock's not small it's it gets people sunk in when you do it right people get start believing and they start oh damn that's a he has locked on tight all of a sudden now you're now you got the, the audience convinced right now you got the co- audience thinking their minds are switching like okay this is real right even though in their heart they know it's not it's just that it's just like a great movie right great action movie right you know that you're, you're in your couch or in your recliner watching this movie but all of a sudden you're into like oh damn boom 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 right but because you get you suspend your disbelief. You are just you're just tunnel vision into that television because they're making you believe. And Elia and Rampage were doing that in this matchup. Eventually, you know, Rampage gets control and starts working on Elia's back. Elia takes this great bump and injures his back. Rampage, you know, whips Elia in the corner. Elia takes this great buckle, comes out. And he starts selling his back, and also grabs his hamstrings, right? Like, or back of his leg, because you know everyone's had a, a sciatic injury, right? Or you know if you if you haven't had it yet, then good good for you. But you know I've had a sciatic injury before, and it's just crippling, right? Like you can feel your the back pain just radiating down the back of your legs, and Elias doing that, he's grabbing the back of his legs, and you and I, and I'm like, oh man, I felt that pain millions of other people felt that pain like so again you're sunk into what they're doing right and then and then finally rampage picks him up whips him into the into the ropes elia hits the ropes, but the ropes hurt his back oh my god he takes he just crumbles after he gets into the ropes oh man i haven't seen that before in a very long time and i just like just i was like oh this is beautiful work right I'm engaged. And then what What do you do in that situation? Ramp, like I said, Rampage's finishing maneuver is the Dr. Bomb. Is he going to kick Rampage's, uh, sorry, Elia's back? No. Elia's down. He sees blood in the water, right? Like Rampage sees. This is it. So he goes for the gut wrench. He goes to go for the his Dr. Bomb. He's going for his big move because he has Elia down, right? Logical wrestling here. But but Elia fights it right. He's not going. He holds on to a leg. Rampage is struggling to get him up. Elia is holding on for dear life. Finally, Elia gets in position to where his head's in between Rampage's le- legs, like in a powerbomb position, or, or or a standard powerbomb position, right? And now Rampage is still fighting for the powerbomb. Right? He's still trying to get it. But Elia's trying to get out of it right and we all know how you reverse a power driver a power bomb at times one of the big one of the things we see all the time is you power out and a lot of times guys don't work this they just do it quickly um the the good workers know like build to it and elia is a great worker and he's struggling to get it he's just like ah they go back down "Ah," they go back down again you can see is doing all he can to get out of this power bomb position. He does not want to get power bombed cuz he knows if he gets power bombed, he is losing his championship. Great storytelling here, folks. It's you think it's so simple and everyone should be able to do this, but it's, sadly they don't, right? And here these guys are just starting to build this masterpiece. And finally Elias does he gets it. He reverses the crowd there. It's a small TV studio crowd because of COVID regulations in London or even stricter, stricter here, of course, in the United States. But that crowd all celebrated, right? It, it was a great moment. It was a great thing. And, of course, that's when they start build, They start going again. Rampage hits a big clothesline. Elia does his pop-up. After he takes the clothesline, he just get, quickly gets back to his feet to des- desperation and that's when unfortunately boop round the button and Rampage is knocked out so um it's it sucks because I know these guys were, were just going to build to a killer match and um, it's nerve wracking to you know seeing a guy get knocked out like that and you know you hope that he's not going to have issues with concussions and you know, because we know now about concussions. Like, those, that stuff can just kind of come up and come up. And, you know, I don't want to see that happen to Rampage because I, I, I think he's a tremendous talent. And I really like watching him on the UK brand. And I want to see this match again. I want to see them come back. With, I think they can. I really think they, they can make an easy reason for them to rematch this. You know, you know uh, all Rampage has to say is like, hey, I was ready to go, but the referee called it off. I didn't lose that match. The referee lost that match for me. I told the ref I just need a few more minutes. I mean, if I need a little time, and he didn't give it to me, and you know, so he's putting all his blame on this on 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 getting knocked down the ref, right? And he wants that rematch, and he goes to Scala who's an acting general manager, and he goes to assistant general manager, and he goes to, to Johnny Saint, who's back on television. He wants that match again. The referee cost of that match. And Johnny saying, be like, no, you lost fair and square. You got knocked out, kid. Right? Sis call, same thing. You got knocked out. You know, and Rampage wants to demand that match. He wants that match. They won't give it to him. He either comes out for a promo another another week. Talking about, you know, beating Rampage, talking about what you know, the future contenders, talking about being an honorable champion. Out comes Rampage, right, from the locker room. No music. Don't play damn music. Have him come back screaming, Ilya, I want you again. You have referees, officials coming out. I want you again. I want you again, right? And Ilya's like, hey, hold hold on. Guys, let him through. Let him through. And, you know, give him a microphone so the people can hear. So everyone can hear what he has to say. Tell me what you want to say. And Rampage tells him. Like, you know, I would have beat you. You know, I can beat you. You know, you got, it was a lucky call. It was a lucky you got me down. I'll give you that. You got that shot in. You got that shot in. And I went down, but I wasn't out. I wasn't out. Yeah, it was a little foggy, but the fog was clearing and I was ready. I was getting that rage in my eyes and I was going to take that title. You know it. You saw it. You felt my power. You know, you know, I was going to win that championship on that day. But the referee was the one that gave you that victory. The referee was the one that said I couldn't go. The referee is the one is why I have a loss in my column that says your name next to it. That says you're the one that beat me. And we know that's, that's false. We know I was going to beat you. You know I was going to beat you. These people know I was going to beat you. And now they want to protect you, Elia. You are the golden boy right now. You are NXT UK's poster child. I don't I don't fit on the posters, right? I'm a mean, nasty son of a gun. Yeah. Right? I don't care to do the publicity. I don't do all this stuff. I just come and smash and win matches. I want a rematch. I want to beat you. And you know I can beat you. And Ilya, I, I as an honorable champion, as an honorable baby face, he would give him that rematch. Simple. Run it back, give the proper finish, and they would deliver. I I truly believe that because they're both tremendous workers. So uh, I'm hoping they rematch that. I hope they I hope they do that. I really hope they I hope they don't go away from this. Um, but I, but it all depends also how long Rampage will be out. I know they taped these shows in advance and how far in advance they taped them, and how you know if if Rampage has any kind of You know, concussion issues from this, you know, being from being knocked loopy and knocked out. Um, Let's hope he's a okay and ready to go. And, you know, it's okay actually to kind of let this kind of not be forgotten, but like kind of go away from it for a couple weeks and then come back to it again, right? Like instead of just quickly next week doing this, what I'm talking about, the angle I'm talking about, let it just kind of like. just Okay, that's, that's the result. But then here comes Rampage a few weeks later. And now you start showing highlights of the match. And, you know, that's what I would do. Um, next week, I'm probably still going to talk about NXT UK because I just love talking about NXT UK. I, I'm not going to stop because it's a great television show, a great wrestling television show of great wrestling with great workers. There's so many, so much great talent on this roster. And next week's episode, or, or now this week's when this airs, it'll be on this Thursday, um, you know, the main event's going to be a tag team title match. The champions, Pretty Deadly versus Tyler Bate and Trent Seven. Um They had a match earlier this year, or not earlier this year. Actually, like be in the summertime. That was an absolute beautiful tag team match. One of the best of the year. And it was amazing. You know, I I highly recommend you guys checking that match out. And I want to see them – I'm looking forward to seeing them do it again and topping it. How I don't know how they're going to top it, but I think they can because they're awesome. And Trent Seven's entire Bates storyline, you're talking about long-term booking. This has been really good long-term booking. You're talking about – because it also, you know, everyone just like, oh, AEW the Adam Page, and Kenny Omega, or Adam Page storylines, like one of the best long-term bookings. But, like, here's the thing. A lot of that stuff that Adam Page did was on BTE and – I'm sorry. A lot of people are not going to watch that show. Ask the hardcore or the hardcores that watch that. But on Dynamite, like we don't see all of that stuff. And a lot of stuff just doesn't add up. Or if you feel like there's plot holes. And, you know, I for me, that's not good storytelling. You have to put it on your main show. All the main points. All the big stuff. All the, even the little things. Because if you leave it out for the hardcores and not for your... Casual viewers or the viewers that just watch Dynamite, like it's, it's not gonna add up. And and you hear like the great story is all from those hardcore people that watch every little thing of AEW. But here in NXT UK, obviously I only have one television show, so everything's on it, and it's so well done. What they're doing with Trent Seven, Trent Seven story has been really good. I like Trent Seven, even though he has a unique frame, but he cuts a really great babyface promo. He has that great elder statesman, you know, leader of the locker room. Um, he is a good worker in the ring. And earlier this year, they did an angle where Trent Seven's going to get to 205. He's going to challenge uh, Jordan Delvin for the uh, NXT UK Cruiserweight Championship. It was great stuff. I mean, talking about, you know, they showed a great video of uh, Trent Seven's training. And they had a great match, but he lost. So, and he's, he lost, and he's trying to focus again. Like he didn't know what to do next. Right, that was one of his big promo. Like he just, like, I don't know. I need to take some time to figure out what's my next step, because he lost his big opportunity for the Cruiserweight Championship. Um, and he's really never held NXT UK Gold. He's held NXT Gold, Tag Team Gold with Tyler Bate, but it was a such a short run. So like he's looking to capture gold again, and what's his next move? And what does he do? He goes back to what a previous success he had with Tyler Bate as an NXT Tag Team Champion. Now he wants to team up with Tyler Bate again to go after the NXT UK Championship Tag Team Championship. And Tyler Bate at the time was the NXT Heritage Cup Champion. But Tyler Bate being such a great face, a, such a great friend, was like, okay, let's do it. Even though he has a lot on his plate with the Heritage Cup, he's going to be there for his friend. But you could tell when it's ever when during their promos, Trent is so obsessed with winning a championship. He's so obsessed with his tag team. He's so obsessed of of teaming together with Tyler Bate to accomplish that goal. Ultimately, his goal. Even though Tyler Bate does want to be a champion with his friend, but like I said, even though Tyler Bate had all this on his plate, his focus was still kind of split. You know, Trent was always talking about tag going for tag going for tag titles, going for tag titles so we'll see do they win this week do they if they lose what happens does Trent turn his frustration a lot of great twists and turns can happen from this I don't know any results one thing I do love is that the results in UK don't really leak out you know I have a buddy that actually goes there live and he was what one day we were just talking about NXT UK and he's a great great listener and he's always appreciated my my plug for NXT UK and talking about it because he's passionate about it as well and but I was like I told I said dude he sent me like a picture from the tape I'm like dude stop me now I don't want spoilers so he's like okay he's like no worries I would never do that you know I just want to show you like a cool picture I took when I was there and I said oh appreciate that dude because I really like just to kind of tune in and be surprised at what they're going to give me because they always give me really good wrestling, and I, you know, I'm not going to say everything on NXTK is perfect. As I t- if you heard me talk about it before, the Hocus Pocus stuff with the Isle of Dawn. I'm not into the Brooks Brookside heel turns. It's just so unnatural. I don't believe it. I don't think she believes it. It's just, it just over the top goofiness, right? But. The other is ninety percent. It's like really good. I mean, they always have a great opener, and they always have a killer main event. So each week, so so please give NXT UK a shot and tell, and, and if you like it, talk about it. Spread the word um, because people should be watching this. If you're a wrestling fan, like I said, you should watch this. Wrestling fans, to me, like I know there's a lot of reasons why people watch wrestling, but what got me into wrestling was the matches. Was great matches, um, roller coaster, entertaining, back and forth matches, hard hitting matches, and you know, with with big personalities and good workers, and NXT UK has that. They have on you know what a freaking roster. So again, thanks for joining me on the show. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Um, follow me on Twitter at, at Jl. Message me on our Facebook group, um, Fight Game Media Facebook group. Listen to Garrett Gonzalez and I on um, on uh, Wrestling Server podcast, <laughs> on the Fight Game podcast. And you know, and thanks for supporting. Also check out my buddy Baby Huey, his podcast, In the Click podcast as well. That he does he does some great stuff over there. Great interviews with a lot of stars, and he's a really hard worker. So I want to give my boy Baby Huey a shout out and in the in the click podcast a shout out cuz they do some great he does some great stuff he's a really like i said hard working guy i really respect him he's been he's been a great help for me and uh giving me advice too as well so i just really respect that guy like i said so check out in the click podcast and of course check out all the great content content on our fight game media patreon and right here on our fight game media free fee so thanks again for listening have a great one be safe everyone